Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman, and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success, and in season two, discuss a little bit of the future of marketing. Today, I have Greg Shuey, the co-founder and CEO of Stride, a marketing agency that helps seven-figure D2C brands get unstuck and scale to eight figures. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for for rocking the Phillies hat and giving me excuse a decent excuse to to rock my fanatics hat. So uh, you know today is the Phillies episode. So there you go. Even though we before this call started talking about mountain biking and and things like that, but um, so I want to start in what I think is the most obvious place, which is that you are a self proclaimed energy drink connoisseur. Um, so I have to ask, what is your favorite and least favorite? You know, right here. Let's see if we can get it up on the screen. It's a Rockstar Orange Ape. You like my my koozie here? My wife bought this for me for Christmas one year. It keeps it cold. So I sip on this all day long. So I start at 7.30 and this isn't done till one. So it's not like I'm pounding these things. Coffee or no coffee? No coffee. Just that energy is, drinks. That's yeah. your, all right. And then do you have a least favorite? Uh, the original Red Bull or the original Rockstar. They just, they, they're like gasoline. I hate them. They're disgusting. Interesting. I'm a huge uh, Red Bull Formula One fan, but I think I've had Red Bull in my entire life. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So now I want to jump to something, I guess, is a little bit more relevant, uh, which you mentioned on your website, actually, that your firm is powered by women. So um, where did that come from and, and what kind of like benefits do you see from that? Yeah, great. So is it all right if I talk maybe kind of about our shift in focus? Absolutely. And lead in with that. Okay. <laughs> so we've been in business for about 10 and a half years. Um, about five, six years ago, we started as full service. We help everyone and anyone about five, six years ago, we went through a really lengthy process to really help find ourselves and figure out who we want to be when we grow up. And part of that process helped us kind of determine the industry that we wanted to work in and then the specific verticals that we wanted to work in. And so through that process, we decided that we wanted to work with e-commerce businesses. We'd seen a lot of success working with e-commerce businesses. We decided that lead gen businesses, you know, accountants, lawyers, SaaS companies just wasn't exciting anymore. Um, And we wanted to go all in on e-commerce, which actually worked out really well for us going into COVID. I mean, it was about three years before COVID. It was fantastic. Um, That's another story for another time. Um, as part of that, the industries or the verticals that we chose to work in are mom and baby, fashion, mostly women's fashion, and home decor. And then we have this weird bucket of sporting goods, which we talked about last week. Uh, so in, in those three verticals, our primary, our primary demographic that we were targeting for our clients is obviously women. And uh, through that transition, we, we noticed that more and more women were applying to open roles at Stride and it just kind of clicked together for us that women started joining the organization. They were better marketers for these businesses that were targeting women and selling products that women, um, that women were most interested in. Uh, our VP of services is a woman um, and most of our staff today are female. So we love it. Uh, what, how exactly you mentioned like finding yourself, um, through that process. Do you have any, like, is there anything you could specifically put your finger on or that was tangible? You said like, 
this is what we did? Or was it more just like a working on the business, not in the business, having a meeting every month and pointing in a different direction? Like, what did that look like? Yeah, so it was, it was actually, it was probably a six month discussion that we went through. Like it started at six months from start of discussion to end of discussion. And during that six months, I mean, lots of internal conversations. Uh, we did a lot of analysis. So uh, one of the things that we do at Stride is we do job costing per client. So one of the first things that we wanted to look at is what did our job costing look like across each of the industries that we worked in? And one of the main drivers for us was, holy crap, like we're way profitable on e-commerce businesses. We're way less profitable on these other types of businesses. So that started to take us down that path. The next thing that we looked at is we, we said, okay, where are we being most successful? And guess where we were most successful? E-commerce. Uh, you know, we were still getting traction for our lead gen businesses. And honestly, we still have a couple of those legacy clients today that we still do lead gen for. Um, but between those were the two biggest drivers is where were we most profitable? Where were we getting the best results? And then we pulled our team. Like, where are you having the most fun? E-commerce, right? Like those are exciting businesses. Driving leads for a law firm man, like not very fun, not very exciting. And so over that process, we decided this is where we're going. And I think you guys are mainly with Shopify, right? Yeah, yeah. So most of the brands that we work with are running on Shopify. Have you guys explored Amazon? Is the reason you haven't kind of dove into Amazon? So we, we, at one point in time, did some Amazon for some of our clients. To be honest, we weren't very good at it. Like we were taking their money, we were doing okay, but That's we decided that, that we were going to partner up with an Amazon agency who was only focused on doing Amazon. So when the opportunity showed itself, when clients wanted to shift into a second marketplace, keep their DTC running, shift into Amazon, um, we would have someone that we would be able to hand off to them. Our agencies work incredibly well together. Um, you know, oddly enough, they're just like a mile that way. And the owner of the company lives in my neighborhood. So it, it's worked really well. Are you open to saying the company? I, I used to work with Amazon businesses or agencies. So I'm, I'm now kind yes. of here. So the company has yes. evolved commerce. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've heard of them. Uh, I know Pitted Labs. I don't know if you know them. They're in somewhere in Utah. So I don't know if it was... I haven't. And then we're also playing with an agency who is down in Mexico as well called AMZ Advisors. And so we're, uh, yep. I mean, we're, we're kind of, we're testing the waters right now. That's, that's interesting because I forget where I heard it, but you know, anytime you're making a decision like that, you decide to either build it, you buy it or you partner. Right. Uh, and in this case, obviously you decide not to build a, a service around Amazon because you guys is just wasn't your core competency um, and decided to partner which I think is really interesting. Um, and obviously it sounds like it's going well. Are there any other situations that you ran into where you kind of had that same decision? Like, do we build this service? I guess you can't really buy it or do we partner with someone? Sure, sure. Uh, development. So Shopify dev, um, we dipped our toe in that. I thought, sure, that would be a great way to add additional revenue for the business. And you know, we lost money almost every single time. So we have some great dev agencies that we partner with as well. Um, you know, most of the clients that we work with are coming in and they're actually really polished. 
So, I mean, they're, they're doing low to mid seven figures. Um, they have really great websites. I mean, a lot of the growing pains that e-coms go through in the first year, like a lot of them launch with a free theme or a, or a very cheap theme. And then they're doing a more custom build as they near the seven figure marks. They're almost there. Very rarely do we have to send people out for Shopify dev just because they're, they're good to go when they get to us. Interesting. And you mentioned COVID and how you guys like kind of, you know, we're somewhat lucky into falling into e-commerce. Luck is a combination of preparation and opportunity, but, um, <laughs> but you kind of fell into, into a market that ended up, you know, being great during COVID, but I don't really want to focus on like during COVID as much as what changes have you seen since COVID? What do you see in the wake of COVID now things changing and, and, and kind of that uh, space? Yeah. I mean, the, it was really good for us being an e-com because obviously everyone went to buying online during COVID. Um, you know, we ranked incredibly well in Google. Like we were positioned very well going into COVID. Really? The funny thing is, is two days after lockdown, everyone became an e-commerce marketing agency. So it became very, very uh, saturated, very competitive, very quickly for us. But lucky for us, I mean, we already had kind of that stride as the e-commerce marketing agency for these verticals. And we kind of owned it, which was fantastic for us. Um, you know, post-COVID, I mean, we still have a lot of those agencies. We still have a ton more e-commerce agencies than we had going into COVID, uh, which has been, I wouldn't say problematic per se, but it's been more difficult. It's far more competitive for us in terms of buying keywords through Google, uh, Google Ads, doing our own organic SEO. There's just more folks that we go up against now in terms of uh, new client acquisition. Uh, sales cycles are a lot longer than they were pre-COVID uh, because they're talking to more agencies. And uh, yeah, I would say those are some of the, the most difficult things that we faced. How do you think marketing agencies should like separate themselves then? Um, I think extreme focus. Like not just being e-com, but getting very narrow on a specific vertical that they want to work in. That still works very well for us. We still have a lot of people come in in terms of uh, leads where it's outside of those verticals. So it still tells me that a lot of people, either one, they don't understand the concept um, of really getting narrow in terms of like, like customers, right? They don't understand that concept of getting very narrow and they're just still hunting for an e-commerce agency in general. Um, obviously the ones who are dialed in, in the verticals that we work in, we close them faster. Like they're already bought in before they get to us. Like if you're an agency, get as narrow as you possibly can without, I mean, be smart about it, right? Don't, don't pick something so teeny tiny that you can't even break a million a year in revenue. Like that's dumb, but, uh, be smart about it, but definitely focus, use that as a differentiation. And you're going to bring better leads. You're going to bring better clients. Things are going to close easier and faster. Um, yeah. So, and right before you were talking about, we were kind of talking about like the COVID and the wake of COVID. Uh, and now I want to actually jump a few more years after that. Um, and obviously with things changing right now from, from COVID wake, from AI, from there's, there's just a whole lot of things happening right now. So what do you think, this space, the marketing agency space looks like in the next two years or 10 years? I'll, I'll give you whichever one you want to answer there. You know, I think we're going to see much leaner marketing agencies. 
I think we're going to see a widespread adoption of AI for sure. Uh, there's some good tools. There's a lot of crappy tools out there, right? <laughs> like, I, I mean, the good ones are going to be able to surface up. Do I truly believe AI is going to be able to replace a human being? No, I don't. Like, we've played a lot with AI. Like, can AI create like a world class piece of top of funnel content for an e commerce business? Absolutely not. Like, you still need someone with a brain who's smart and knows how to use AI to be able to get the right inputs. And then even the work that comes back in, like you don't know if that's been stolen or plagiarized from some other website. You still need a, a human being to go do the editing, the expansion. Um, but I, I do believe we're gonna see smaller agencies in terms of people uh, who are very smart about using AI. Um, I also think we're probably going, a lot of agencies right now, when they sell, deals. People come in and they just start marketing. I think we're going to see a shift where agencies are taking a step back and saying, okay, like really, what are we working with? Like, who is the brand? How is the brand perceived in the market? Um, what are the products we really need to hone in on? We still have a ton of business, like clients come to us and say, I just want you to sell everything. Well, I think we're going to start to see narrowing of like, no, we're going to go after these three products that have really deep supply chain, really great margins. Um, and we're going to go after those. We're going to see brands focusing on the customer. One thing I hate about marketing agencies is they make assumptions or they let their customer, their client make assumptions on who their customer is, right? Like really dialing in who that customer is. What is the messaging? What are the products? What is the offer? matching that up and going. Very interesting. Do you have anything specific that you're open to sharing of how you do that? Or is that where the secret sauce starts? You know, that's part of our secret sauce. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of work too. And, and that's, that's also part of the problem is that a lot of agencies, they don't want to do the elbow. They don't want to put in the elbow grease for that, right? Understanding who your customer is more is more than just saying, oh, we target women between the ages of 35 and 50 who have two kids and a and an income of $100,000 a year, right? It's picking up the phone and calling 50 of their customers and going through like a real conversation of learning. How do you research online? Like what were the problems you encountered? When you looked at competitors, what brought you to us versus them? And really trying to get inside their heads. And starting to really build that story and that customer journey. Once you have that customer journey built, it becomes very crystal clear what you have to do at the different touch points and different parts of the funnel to be able to build a good and effective marketing campaign that generates a return. And when you do that, like platforms like Facebook work way better. All I see on LinkedIn these days are people complaining about how LinkedIn doesn't work anymore. Or not, I'm sorry, not LinkedIn. Facebook doesn't work anymore. Well, it's because you don't know who your customer is. You don't know what the buying journey looks like or how the funnel is impacted by the work that you do. I think we're going to see more agencies adopt that mindset. Yeah, just to add to that, I think, uh, and I, I tend to say this like really aggressively, but um, I think people care too much about themselves and what they're trying to pitch. It's kind of like the how and the why or, or the what mm -hmm. conversation where you don't want to be pitching the what, you want to be pitching the why and all that kind of stuff. And I think 
when people they're so proud of their business and they try to like share the benefits and features that they want to get out there, but they don't understand. Like you, I always tell people on my team, like you don't matter. Like your opinion doesn't matter. It's all about the customer. I know that's why I say the aggressive part, right? It's crazy. All about the customer. You need to get in their heads and, and it sounds so silly, but even writing emails, like you don't, you don't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. It's how do you want How do they read this? How do they want to read this? What should they kind of like, or what do they want to hear? Um, yeah. I think it's, it's everyone wants to, you know, and, and I don't, I get it. Like, here's the things I want to tell you about the the business, but it's like, really, what do they want to hear about the business? I think. It's funny. I was on a phone call uh, a couple of weeks ago with, with a prospect. I said, who's your audience? And they gave us, I'm like, okay, like you're a hundred percent sure. Like when is the last time you picked up the phone and called a customer and asked these five questions? They're like, oh, never. I'm like, okay. Why? Well, that's just, that's aggressive. That's, that's unnecessary. That's too aggressive. We don't do that. And it's like, okay, you're not a good fit for us. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. What's the importance of getting rid of bad potential customers? H- have you, have you had a bad customer that you wish you didn't have? And then again, you know, yeah, the, the initial question, which is what's the benefit of saying no to dollars? Um, we do it all the time, actually. Yeah. So we, I mean, we probably bring in 30, 40 sales qualified leads a month just from all of our marketing efforts. I would say we turn away all but eight to 10 of those because they're not a great customer, whether they don't align with the verticals that we work in or we get on the phone with them. And it's very crystal clear that they're not ready to scale. Like, I'm sorry, you're plateaued, but because of the mindset and the way you operate your business, you're not ready to do this, right? Um, and then also like the way that we're structured as an organization. So we have what we refer to as an entry offer, which we go through and we do all of that research and building out those roadmaps and marketing plans and really uncovering who that customer is. At the end of that process, we come out with a roadmap and that roadmap are things that we're going to do and the things that the client needs to do in order to better prepare their organization to scale. Um, we can tell very quickly as we go through those findings and that list, whether or not they're willing to put in the effort. Hmm. If, if they're not, they're not a good client. Like hmm. we'll, we'll end relationships after 30 days, just based on, are they willing to help us with the heavy lifts? Um, and then typically if we can't get traction in three or four months, we'll let a client go is that the, the last thing we want to do is we want to waste their money. Maybe there's someone out there who's better for them in their current situation. Um, But we are very quick to filter out and let clients go because again, don't want to waste their money. But when we go back and we look at those job costing reports, we're usually not as profitable. Sometimes we're losing money. And so we know who our ideal customer is. We know what those characteristics are. We know the way that they interact with us and the things that they say are going to lead to a, a really long, profitable relationship for them and us. You mentioned marketing efforts, uh, like for new sales uh, and, and new clients. Uh, what do you guys do? So our biggest driver is through our own SEO. So we rank for so many keywords around e-commerce marketing agency, e-commerce SEO agency. We drive most of our leads that way. Um, you know, we've toyed around with paid search. It's really expensive for a lot of those keywords, even like at post COVID, right? Like even during COVID, like those, they shot through the roof. So expensive. Um, we are, I feel like I'm losing light here. We're starting to get cloudy outside. Um, 
we're starting to toy around with some Facebook ads, and then we're working on building out a LinkedIn campaign. Uh, we leverage partners to drive leads for us, like Amazon agencies, Shopify uh, development agencies, uh, platforms like Clutch. So uh, those will drive some leads for us as well. And then one of my huge initiatives, me personally, for the rest of the year is to figure out how do we tap other people, organizations, networks to be able to drive more leads for our organization. Some more on the partnership side. Yep. Yep. Which honestly, I'm not very good at. So I'm going to be learning and figuring this out along the way. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the the BD uh, business development kind of, I think that's the difference between sales and marketing and business development is, is the partnership side and executing on it and all that kind of stuff. Um, Before I I ask a few questions that I tend to ask at the end, I want to actually go all the way back to the beginning and I want to understand how you started the agency. Well, that's a loaded question. So, um, you know, I I worked for another agency before this. The agency was called SEO.com. If you can guess, our primary service was search engine optimization. (laughs) So I was there for about five years. Uh, The owner of the company was pretty hellbent on only allowing us to do SEO for our clients. At that point in time, I'm starting to look at this and say, okay, Omnichannel is becoming really big, right? Like clients don't just need SEO anymore. Like they need all of this. And so, you know, one thing led to another. I left, I started doing some consulting and then some of the consulting work I was doing for another organization, the owners of that company were like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to start an agency and like scale this up? So I partnered with them, um, <laughs> took on a little bit of cash to be able to make me comfortable. We started building the agency. I ended up buying them out. Um, and that's kind of how Stride was born. Yeah, no, I, I know we we touched on that last time we spoke and, and I thought it was a good story. So I, I wanted to make sure right at the end, we could squeeze that in. Um yeah. Few questions at the end. If you could teach, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be? Figuring out who the customer is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, if you follow me on LinkedIn, it's all I talk about these days. I'll sprinkle in a couple of other things, but I feel like just deep down, it's so important for an agency to be able to know how to do this and to push their clients in the right direction. Because, like you said, some clients are stubborn, they're arrogant, right? They're pig headed. And this is so critical to be able to spend their money properly and to get the, the best return possible. Um, that's something I'm going to keep talking about and post about. I, I just, it's so important. It also gives you, you know, your, your little LinkedIn brand, you know, which is <laughs> a lot of people, they do post a lot of different stuff and, and you kind of start to, your eyes start to go past it. But when I think when someone stays with one topic or at least, you know, focuses mainly on one topic, you now know what I'm about to read and any kind of focus on it a little bit more. So I think that's great. Um, what do you enjoy talking about the most that you normally don't get an opportunity to talk about? About anything? Yeah, anything. Uh, you can give me more tidbits on, on mountain biking in this section. If you want, you could. Uh, I mean, probably, probably just how awesome our youth are. Like, I mean, I coach mountain biking. I coach competitive baseball. Uh, you know, a lot of people have written off kind of this younger generation that they're lazy, like they just want to play Xbox and they talk back. But like a lot of these kids are really hard workers 
Um, you know, they, they think dad going to work is just sitting in their office and having fun. And like, that's <laughs> what they think they're going to like, that's just on a computer all day. Um, but I think with, with like the proper, like mindset coaching for them and getting them to do hard things. I mean, I had mountain biking practice this morning. I rode those kids almost 2000 vertical feet in an hour and 10 minutes. Like they wanted to die. They had, they've never done that before, but like getting them to kind of make that shift and like, oh, I can do hard things. I think they're going to be set up to be some of the most powerful like employees that we're going to see over the next 10 to 15 years. And I think it's just so critical. And I don't talk about it enough because most of my kids drive me insane. Like I just want to wring their necks most of the time. But when you look broader, right, it's like these kids are great. Like they have so much potential. We just need to coach them and put them in the right direction. Yeah. The one thing I would say uh, that at least you reminded me to, to think about on, you know, doing something that maybe you haven't done before or something is it's a great mentality because once you do it once, you realize you can do it every other time. And yeah. it actually helps you through, you know, if you do it the second time, you know, you're struggling 75% of the way and you're like, can I, can I even finish this? Yeah. You know, you can finish this. So like right. power through that part. Um, yeah. And that's how I, you know, any workouts or anything, I, that's kind of how I think is like, now, again, we talked about me going a little too far sometimes and ending up in the hospital, but uh, don't go that far. Maybe that's, maybe I shouldn't recommend this actually. Um, are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? Um. Not the moment. I would I would say not the moment. <clears throat> and then last question and my favorite question: any books, podcasts, newsletter, anything like that? Uh, content recommendations? Okay, my favorite book that I'm I've listened to it and I'm reading it right now is called "Who, Not How." Dan Sullivan, Ben Hardy, I think are the uh, the authors of that book. Total mindset shift for me. The whole concept is very simple. It's about finding who's to do your house instead of you figuring out how to do the house and actually then going and doing it. So putting the right people in place at the right time to do the right things, to open up the founder, to be able to either one, do the things that they love or two, do the things that they're best and most profitable at doing. It's a quick read. Like, it's amazing. <clears throat> I, that's great. I haven't even heard of that. Um, I was trying to look up the author while you're saying it. Uh, any other books? Um, I mean, the same authors wrote 10x is easier than 2x. Like that also is a game changer as well. Like thinking bigger, setting bigger goals than you could possibly like accomplish will get you so much further than 2x. Like if, even if you don't hit those goals, you'll just slingshot past 2x. <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, I, I think it was on a podcast that I heard the, um, not Airbnb guys, no, Airbnb. I think it was the Airbnb guys. And they basically talk about how they designed what they call a six-star experience. And actually the way that they did that is they kept going. They said, what would a six-star, you know, we know what a five-star, what does a six-star look like? And that's where someone comes with a surfboard and they give you, and you're like, hey, you're going to, without even telling you, here's a surfboard if you want to surf. Like that's a beyond a five-star. Yeah. And what they did is they actually kept going all the way to, I think, like 10 or 12 star experience, right? Like in 12 star was like Elon Musk shows up to your house with a rocket ship uh, and you go fly somewhere or whatever it is. And obviously that's not feasible, but it almost makes you go back to five stars and realize like, oh, these things are not only just feasible, this is what we should be doing. Um, yeah. and I thought that was such a great mentality of like how you approach five stars is you really think about the ridiculous, unfeasible 
nine, 10, 11 star thing. So I thought that was I love it. Um, awesome. So as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Uh, I mean, I live on LinkedIn these days. I'll even tell you what my handle is. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> so let's see. It is linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Greg dash Shuey, G-R-E-G dash Shuey. Or you can just do it the easy way and search Greg Shuey. There are no, I mean, I don't know if there's any other Greg Shueys on LinkedIn, but yeah, that's going to be the best way to find. There's a couple. Wow, look at that. Um, yeah, Sometimes, by gonna, the way, you'll see like they're also in like marketing agency space. You're like, how the hell did that, that happen? I got I one, a creative designer. I'm like, I didn't even know there was like Greg Shuey is such a unique name. That's so weird. It's U-E-Y, by the way. So, yeah, I mean, that that would be that would be it for me. If you connect with me, just put in the notes like or in the comments, whatever it is uh, you listen to the podcast so that I don't think you're a dirty, rotten spammer and just send you right to uh, the no thank you list. Let me know if anyone reaches out to you. That would be, that'd be awesome. That would uh, be cool. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you who have learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality guests. And as always, thank you for listening, Greg. I thought this was great. I know, I don't know if you want me to say this, but I know you were nervous before the call. I'm always nervous about stuff like this. (laughs) It was great. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.